Linda Slagle-Culver. Good morning. Thank you so much for calling in. Good morning. How are you guys? We're, we're a little good. wound up today, to tell you the truth. Uh, Linda Slagle-Culver, State Representative, 108th District, Sunbury Area Resident, representing the district for the better part of a decade now. How long have you, when were you first elected? In 2010. Oh, my mm. gosh. Okay. Yeah, what I say, a decade. Good Second guess. decade of work. Congratulations. All right. Yeah, yeah congratulations. So really keep up the great work. Uh, let's start out with the state budget. Uh, Senator Gordon was on yesterday and said, you know, if you carry the two and slide this federal money over and do this, do that, uh, we won't be in too bad a shape. <laughs> but uh, budget uh, meetings in Harrisburg have still been contentious. So give us your overview of the state budget process as it stands now. So I sit on the Appropriations Committee, so this is the first year that we have not done the hearings at the same time in the House and the Senate. Um, the House went along with our regular schedule, and the Senate was choosing to wait until we got to see what we got in federal stimulus dollars. Um, actually, I think we we're liking it because, you know, questions that were missed on one side can be asked on the other, um, or it just kind of helps with, you know, gathering the information. It was a tough, um, you know, budget year. It was completely different this year because of COVID. Um, and actually, we liked the changes that were made this year, and we'll probably be sticking with them in the future. And it'll probably be a hybrid of, you know, virtual and in person. Uh, but it was difficult to get answers out of the administration as to, you know, how the money was spent from the um, bureaus that overspent. It was difficult or impossible to get answers to why are you overspending um you know we had questions about obviously the vaccination rollout um you know who was in the room when they were making decisions about um you know the covid restrictions that were put on us and um you know what science was used and you know just a lot of questions about the dollars the science um and basically the questions we've all been asked over the last several years is where's the accountability to the citizens of Pennsylvania. But Linda, hasn't that been Governor Wolf's non-transparent administration from day two? Um, I mean, it was a little tougher this year. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, no, I would just, I would say, but you know, we look at his budgets and we look what has happened over that, and we, I mean, the frustration I hear being down with uh, some other folks, uh, industry people, uh, not just construction industry, but uh, hospital, of course, uh, you know, get involved, and you hear, but the, the what they're frustrating is is they don't even know which way to go because they don't know which intersection to go to, to, to start to try to lay out plans uh, for uh, for lobbying, for, for putting money towards uh, certain uh, priorities that they feel. But uh, it, it seems like Governor Wolf's administration has almost uh, done the same thing to, to you folks as legislators. You're, you're, you're sort of held back. To, and this year, yes, understanding there is some things with the pandemic, but it seems like this has been his M.O. for a long time, just this year or worse. This year was much worse, um, just trying to get answers, you know, regarding the pandemic and um, how decisions were made and, you know, the impact to our, our businesses. Um, you know, our small businesses have struggled tremendously through this whole last year. Um, so it, it's been difficult. I mean, communication has always been difficult. Um, but just, if, I don't know if you got to watch any of the hearings. Um, some of the answers were unbelievable. Uh, this was the year most of them had to get back to us on many, many of the questions, and we're still reading through 
um, some of those responses now. Well, the answers weren't answers. When I saw some texts or scripts, no. you know, of them, they, they, I mean, they they were they were better than spin uh, from a standpoint is they didn't even answer. But the can can you? I know Mark, we had some questions, but can you give us an idea of what you know of what federal money and the Senate waited, but. How does that breakdown happen, or is the governor's office just making it their priority to tell you which money's going where in the COVID relief bills? So, I mean, thus far, that part of it, I mean, we've been able to work together, and the House and Senate have moved to put the money where we think the priority has been. Um, the money that's coming to us now, I think $7 billion or just a little over that, is not coming to us all in one, you know, shot, one pot. Uh, it'll be some half this year, half next year. Um, we actually like that a little better because as soon as somebody hears you're getting money, um, we're all being lobbied to give everybody more money. And that's not how it works. I was in a transportation committee meeting this week, and they said if we can just have $1.2 billion of that, we'll be in good shape. Um, and, of course, we want our transportation infrastructure to be in good shape, but if you take $1.2 billion up for them, I mean – um, Department of Human Services overspent tremendously. DDAP is overspent. Uh, we still have to make up those things. So, yeah, we are concerned, but we're trying to go at this at a very um, common sense. You know, what has, where's the data at that who needs the most money? And um, there are federal guidelines that do come down with it. We've gotten some of them, but we haven't gotten all of them yet. Uh, so that will also steer us in the direction we need to go. We've been spending money. We didn't have, as you mentioned, overspending <laughs> where necessary around here. Uh, as we go into the 2021-22 budget, will there be anybody who will be pinched that won't be able to keep spending money they didn't have? Too early to tell um, in the budget process. We were waiting for uh, our revenues to come back in for March and April because those are our largest collection months. Um, but now it looks like it's been pushed out to May. I mean, we like to see what we have, uh, what we're getting from the feds, and how we can fund, you know, the core functions of government that everybody needs to exist and go from there. Um, you know, we do have some structural deficit that we're trying to make up, and um, we're trying to do the right thing. You know, if we were sitting down at your, your kitchen table with you and doing your own budget, it's sort of the approach we like to take. What is the healthiest approach for everybody? Um, so it's a little too early to tell exactly where it's going. I know our biggest struggle was the Department of Human Services. I think they've overspent by almost a billion. Uh, they've overspent every year for the last several years. The secretary just left this week. Um, it's just a massive, massive um, bureau. And it is almost, literally almost impossible to get a hold of where the money's going. Is it effective? Um, so we are really going to be taking a good look at human services to see, is there a way we can make this more manageable? Because it's hard to make change and good change if you can't get a handle on the whole department because it's that large. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we can come up with. And, of course, you know, with our constituents in mind, we would not want to hurt anybody in the process. So we're going at it very deliberatively, but we want to see is there a way we can make it easier to understand how they're spending their money, why they're overspending their money, how all the programs are connected, and is there duplication? Because you can't even tell if there's duplication is that large. Um, and they are the biggest spender on the budget. 
so we're really going to try and get a hold of that this next year. We're going to put you and primarily you in charge of getting a glimpse of that <laughs> massive yes, issue and keeping all services to your constituents at 100% levels in the years ahead. So <laughs> you have a, a lot of work cut out for you, so good luck with that. No, okay. Linda, that's a huge organization that needs to be broken up. It's inefficient. It, does. it doesn't have duplication. It has triple, quadruple, keep going on that. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's, you know how you, you know how you make them come transparent? You cut their money off and say, no, you're not going to get any money until you show us how you're spending them because they're not getting the results. So, no, that's a, uh, boy, that that is a task uh, that is well worth taking on, but that is uh, a plate of spaghetti because if you start on this end, you don't know which end you're coming out on the other side. It's true. Um, we're working with the Appropriations Committee. Uh, the woman who's been doing that in Appropriations has been there 20-plus years. Um, she's getting ready to retire, so we figured before she goes, she knows all the programs, you know, um, we're going to really be using her expertise when we're looking at it. She knows where the money is buried. Well, and I think you are keenly aware of, at the street level, how the human service programs that are served there help individuals Mm -hmm. in the town. I mean, you know the people and the committees and the local county human services department, so I think you're uniquely qualified to help uh, in that scrutiny and and the streamlining it. And guess what? Individuals at street level will end up benefiting from a streamlining correct, if we're doing less waste. Okay, if we're doing less waste in Harrisburg. All right, well, keep us informed about that. We'll put that on our watch list throughout the year to watch the Human Services Mm -hmm. Department uh, uh, turn into... Yeah, and don't stop there, Linda. Go to the next department. (laughs) Go to the next (laughs) one. Go to the next one. Believe me, there's there's enough down there. Uh, And, you know, don't, don't be afraid to include the turnpike. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, is uh, well actually that that kind of leads me to an interesting question that I was just thinking about. Are we going to see a great big piece of reform somewhere thanks to the pandemic and maybe some federal money like the turnpike get drawn back into PennDOT where it might belong or state police funding get out of PennDOT where it doesn't belong? Are we going to see a big capital change somewhere? So I think the first priority for us is to get the state police funding out of uh, transportation funding of roads and bridges. Um, and you know, we received money from the Turnpike Commission every year as part of it. What was it, Act 89? Um, I'm not sure the Act number. And they have been given a reprieve this year because of COVID. Um, I think they made their payment in the summer. They're not making their fall payment, or they didn't, and I don't think they're making their spring payment. So the money we were getting from them, we don't believe we will ever get again. We don't know that for a fact. Um, <laughs> So we sort of have to right-size that, and that will actually help the Turnpike Commission long-term get themselves on the, you know, the right side of um, the equation. But it's, a tough, it's tough to find money when you don't have money um, because you have to create a new line item to support the state police, and the work that they do is extremely important, and we don't want them to get caught in it. And, and the Constitution says that we can put that money towards safety. So they do do things on our highways. We just... It sort of got out of control. We were giving them probably more than they were giving on our state highways. So first goal was to right-size that, and the second goal was to figure out um, how we accelerate that. Um, we did have a package of bills to take care of some of the transportation funding issues, except COVID hit, and they all went on the back burner because we had no idea what the funding was going to be. So um, you'll see us start to go back at that now that things are starting to normalize out Um I think you'll see a lot of changes. I mean, you know, where we had failures and where we had successes and 
um, I think you're going to see everybody change the way they do business. Just there were some good things, uh, hard to believe, that came out of COVID um, with your processes. And you know, of course, there's some things, you know, none of us cared for at all. Um, but I think if we implement the things that, you know, made things better for people or services better, um, that's important that we don't throw those away just because we're getting rid of all the other measures that went along with COVID. All right. One of our sure. questions about election reform and then a listener question about the old Sunbury Hospital building. But first, election reform. Tell us what's pending that could help streamline things in the future. So we are still having hearings on the House side on election reform. I know we're up over 14 hearings. Uh, the next hearing is going to be on integrity and accessibility. Um, and the goal is to show we can have accessibility for people and still keep integrity. And I believe uh, that our own uh, Northumberland County Director will be testifying at that. Um, and I don't have the date of it. I think it might be next week. Um, but Nathan Savage is expected to be testifying at that hearing. I mean, when you talk to Seth Grove, who's the chairman of the state government committee, he has really taken an approach that we're gonna rip this apart, very small topic by small topic, so we understand and the public understands how does the whole process work and how does it work together. But one of the things he said when he gave us our update this week is, he said, think about it, our base election law is from 1937. And he said it has many functional problems. And we're like, well, what's that? Like, one of the things he said was, counties are supposed to supply lanterns at polling places. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's like, so there's a lot of that in there um, that we need to clean up. And, you know, there's uh, references to elections are run on daylight savings time. Um, and, you know, sometimes elections are not. I mean, it's just an interesting. Um, so it, it, his belief is that it, it, it's lacking a standardization of uniformity. He said 67 counties are doing 67 different things. It reminds you of the wild, wild west. And he says it's causing confusion, you know, we're creating a situation where we're violating the state constitution. So his goal is to do a very comprehensive reform uh, of the election law with most important, uh, his motto is easy to vote, hard to cheat. Um, he wants to, you know, put that integrity back into the election so people know that their vote counts and they're not questioning it when they walk away from the ballot. All right. Mm -hmm. Listener question says, uh, what is the local and state government doing about the empty Sunbury Community Hospital building? So that has been on the forefront, and that is an animal. It's humongous. I don't think you realize until you get in there how large that it is. I mean, in the beginning, um, before UPMC had closed or shortly thereafter, we had multiple people in there from the Veterans Administration to a local developer uh, to, you know, Geisinger and Evan were in there. One of the main problems was as UPMC moved out, they decommissioned each unit as they closed it. So for them to get that recommissioned, they have to follow today's standards, not the standards that they were commissioned at. And it would have taken an astronomical amount of money or it would have been impossible to commission some parts of the hospital uh, to where it needs to be today. So pretty early on, we pretty much figured out unless they were just occupying the ER, they were not gonna be occupying the building for um, you know, medical use. It just wasn't going to work. It was disappointing as all get out, but it wasn't Yeah, but work. Linda, that, that, that's variances. That's greasing some palms politically or, or whatever. I mean, you can get those variances not, not to make bribery, that hospital. Is that what you're no, saying? No, no. The, the real world is that hospital could be working. However, remember, those people in Northumberland County, 
you know, some of those people in Sunbury left that hospital. That hospital didn't leave them entirely when you look at the business models. And I was on the board a number of years ago. People were driving by that hospital to go other places. So some of the people need to look themselves in the mirror and say, did I do what I need to do at Sunbury Hospital? Quick question, daylight savings time. Can we get this straightened out? We passed the bill uh, this week uh, out of the house. I saw that. And and as we did it, uh, one of our house members put an amendment on it to to go back to standard time. Um, he read an article and did some research and thought that was healthier. Um, what, did he get his pocket watch out and look at his pocket watch and then say, <laughs> we got to go back to standard time? So they're going to, they made a promise that if he pulled it off of that bill that they would run his as well and we would do a, a hearing and see where the public's at. I mean, the information we have thus far, they like daylight savings time. So, but, I mean, we, we will fully get it out. It's out of the house. So, uh, it depends on what the Senate's going to do with it. But people hate turning their clocks back. People hate that transitional week, um, you know, when you're changing the clock back. Yeah, we sort of want to be in line with our neighbors. Anybody who's switched has switched to daylight savings time instead of being opposite of them. Um, so it's interesting. I do wish the federal government would just do it and, you know, make the no, entire United no, States no, uniform. No, 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 no. That's what you get paid to go to Harrisburg to do. <laughs> uh, don't don't kick it down to Washington. <laughs> hey, quick question, though, and I know with pandemic, is the atmosphere getting a little more positive down there? I know the Wolf Administration is frustrating, but fr- from your standpoint, within caucus or within uh, with your brethren Democrats, is there more potential to be able to work together to move Pennsylvania forward? So, I mean, both sides of the, you know, the House, you know, Democrat, Republican, we do have people to the far, far right and people to the far, far left. Um, but we've been really making an effort um, the last several years to really find that common ground because 80% of the time we are agreeing on the issues and it doesn't mean that we we can't like each other or can't work each other because we do not agree on you know 20% of the issues so I don't know if you've noticed the bills a lot of them have uh, one Republican one Democrat on yeah the notice there's um, um, bipartisan on the co-sponsors yep yeah good all right well thank um, you so, oh please go ahead continue no, go ahead. All right. Well, that is it. Um, thank you so much. Anything additional you wish to tell us? I certainly don't ask the best questions, so is there anything important to say that I didn't ask? So, I mean, we are going to continue to work for our constituents. I just, on a local level, I don't want people to forget, because the pandemic is still going on. People are still getting sick. Um, make sure you thank our hospital workers um, at all levels, our grocery store workers, the people, you know, the parks people who have allowed us to, you know, kind of make a new way of life and get out there. Let's just not forget, um, you know, because we're seeing the light of day, how hard they have worked and some of the horrors that they have seen and come through with the pandemic. Let's just be mindful to thank Yeah, them. that's true. And Linda, remember, too, when you say infrastructure, that includes water, sewer and stormwater. Subsurface infrastructure right. is infrastructure, and those municipal workers that have kept our water and sewer, uh, those systems on there, they deserve credit. And the companies that produce pipe <laughs> underground infrastructure, <laughs> amen to that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Linda. Thank you so much Thanks, for Linda. checking in. You have an open mic anytime to talk about these important topics. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day.